a blast from our past network. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bugs. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good. Nothing for you. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter. Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to back to back as we watch them. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And in this episode, we giving you The Statue from Season 2, Episode 6. It aired on April 11th, 1991. Corey, would you give us the overall breakdown of the episode? All right, buddy. The Statue. Jerry's apartment is cleaned by the boyfriend of a novelist whose book Elaine is editing. When Jerry and Elaine later see Jerry's missing statue at the author's apartment, Kramer poses as a cop to get it back. <laughs> that, that's a pretty short, uh, short but sweet synopsis right there. Yeah, that first sentence was a little bit of a tongue twister, but I got through it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as per usual, we start this episode off with a comedy bit. Of course, a little stand-up about uh, sweepstakes. It, it was very funny. Basically, Jerry starts the bit um, where he just takes, like, sweepstakes mail, spam mail, but he takes it very seriously. He's like, you know, I don't mean to alarm you guys, but I might have actually, I might be a winner here. You know what I mean? It's It was funny. I enjoyed it. Um, and then, you know, the the wrap-up is, what's the deal with sweepstakes? Why can't they just be honest and say, <laughs> you know, you didn't win, and that's it? And it's like, okay, well, it was funny, but it doesn't really apply too much anymore because we don't yeah. really get sweepstakes uh, mails, <laughs> but, but spam mail is still probably Yes. Yeah, exactly. We get that. Yeah, that's huge. All right, we start off in Jerry's apartment. Jerry and Kramer bring in this big box as George is in there. Uh, And it's a box of Jerry's grandfather's old stuff and clothes and shit. And Kramer's all over it. And that's one thing that I actually really like. They're very consistent about Kramer liking old guys' clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very, very consistent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we also find out that Jerry has some cleaning guy coming over. He's, uh, He's the boyfriend of this writer who Elaine is editing this writer's novel going on right now. So it's kind of tying in everybody together. Uh, Kramer pulls out this old statue, kind of like a, I don't know, almost like art, art deco kind of uh, statue kind of looking thing. Yeah. Of, of like a lady with a dress and, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe she's French. I, I feel like, I feel like we've all seen this statue or some variation of it. it you know, she looks mm-hmm. like she's like holding a cigarette or something. But yeah, it's 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 like it's iconic in the fact that I think we've all seen that statue at some point. Yes, uh, and you know who else has seen that statue is George. He freaks out. It's apparently the same statue as one that he broke when he was a kid. 
<laughs> which, which of course, uh, <laughs> what does he say? It was the single most damaging experience of my life, aside from seeing my father naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a great line. <laughs> yes, it's a great line right there. Yeah. Uh, we get a whole thing be- of uh, Kramer wants the statue as well. Kramer wants, like, everything because he's just, you know, he's like a hoarder. Uh, and so George and Kramer have to play you know, something to get who to decide who wins the statue. And so they decide to do Inkadink, which is something I'd never heard of. Me neither, dude. I I, I wrote down on my notes, Inkadink question mark. Yeah. Inkadink, a bottle of ink, a something, something. I don't know. Um, it's very much like a eeny, meeny, miny, mo, but just with this other verbiage. And it, to me, it very much kind of brought me back to the choose scene, uh, you know, that we had in, I think it was season one, um, which is to me is almost like an iconic scene where George and Kramer or George and uh, Jerry are doing like a choose with between the ones and twos, um, the odds and evens. And this is just a different kind of form of that. Right. It, it was and and the like the way Jerry delivers the lines and everything. It's a scene that's very fast and frenetic once once the yeah. Inkadink gets going and uh and yeah, and George George wins the Inca Dink, but Jerry cheated. Did you notice that? He oh, I absolutely noticed that. Yeah, he pointed to Kramer twice, and that wasn't even that was never even really pointed out either. No, yeah, that bothered the hell out of me. And if he didn't point at him twice, then he just could have kept on with it being bad, and it would have been fine. That's, that's a whole other joke uh, that, that kind of comes in uh, where Jerry's like, oh, no, it's good. And Kramer's like, no, no, it's bad, uh, which, um, you know, as, you know, Jerry kind of being the third, um, you know, party here who is a- apparently supposed to be objective, he's not. He kind of make, gives it to George um, and says, like, oh, no, it's very bad. And so that gives Jerry or that gives George the statue, which also pisses me off because every time you play any mini, like it's good. You're the, it is the person who gets the thing, right? Like, it, it, it's, yeah. it's flawed. It's flawed on, on so many levels. It's, it's flawed because he, but at the, but at the yes. very base, he, he called, he called Kramer twice. He, you know, he yep. did like, it's not you. Like he did it to him twice. He almost finishes. And then he points again at Kramer says, and you are it or something like that. But he, that double point is complete bullshit, and there's collusion, and I'm with you. I, I think uh, Kramer ha- should have gotten it. It was all it was utter bullshit. And, and it was weird because Kramer, the character, and Michael Richards, the actor, they reacted when Jerry did the name mm. to him twice. Like, he reacted knowing that he – but then – but his character didn't follow up on that. You know, like, it was almost as maybe maybe Michael Richards noticed it, but then the character wasn't supposed to, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was weird. I, and it's weird because I liked that scene, but now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's it's so flawed for some it is. reason. And, and for a show, especially when the episode prior was so tightly written, uh, the the mm-hmm. apartment episode. If you guys are listening to this out of order, um, that one was so tightly written that I'm surprised that this one was a little bit more loosey goosey. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, you know. Issues with Inkadink aside, um, Elaine and uh, this writer, Rava, uh, are in Jerry's apartment, and we just find out that she is, holy shit, she is a dark, kind of gothic soul person. (laughs) (laughs) And she's smoking in Jerry's apartment. How rude. Yeah. 
True. Is, was that just a thing you could do, like like in the early nineties? Uh, like, it feels more of like a late seventies thing where it was okay to smoke in someone else's like house. I feel like by the time the early nineties came around, we all knew that you know uh, you know secondhand smoke was bad, so you kind of don't smoke in people's houses who aren't smokers. You know, like it, it was already starting to get phased out. That I was, was a little shocked by. That. Yeah, but she seems like the kind of person who doesn't give a fuck what other people think anyway she's gonna do what she wants and she is from finland yeah <laughs> that's why she's so depressed all the time because <laughs> there's just no there's not enough light up there i guess um but we've you know she's got this cleaner boyfriend he comes in uh his name is ray and the funny thing about him is you know he is so uh different and, and juxtaposing his his personality is so absolute opposite of Rava's he comes in and he's like super energetic and super positive and kind of you know just ready to work and just thinking you know acting like cleaning apartments are is the greatest thing in the world and you know working for Jerry he's just you know kind of pumping him up as well and everything it's just kind of funny seeing that they're in a relationship together it's kind of weird and it's also kind of funny that in my notes I called her Riza the whole time Rizza, <laughs> that'd be kind of, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, I think that's a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, modern and, and kind of hip hop than she is. She's definitely not a little bit more Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more Wu for sure. Uh, and then we get a very quick comedy bit right here. Yeah, one that's not too great. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. Jerry's talking about, you know, how he doesn't like maids because he feels guilty, you know, that they have to clean up his mess. And then he's like, I couldn't be a maid because then I would make the other person feel guilty for, for cleaning up their mess. Yeah. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, may- okay, maybe it is a little tight. Maybe it is kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't that memorable, I didn't think. Yeah. It was pretty quick. I remember like, I kind of looked away for a second to, like, write a note and I cur- – Went back up to, to, to watch it, and I was like, oh, shit, it's already gone. Next scene. So. <laughs> You're like, well, good thing Corey takes notes on the uh, stand-up ones. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, as we come back, Jerry is super excited uh, about how great a job uh, Ray did cleaning the apartment. You know, he got, uh, you know, he cleaned out the little egg holders. He got the goop out of the uh, the, the soap dispensers. You know, he, he, he killed it. He did a great job. Well, and he got he got in between that space between the fridge yeah. and the counter. And he's like, how did he do that? Is he rubber man? And then I love Elaine's like, there's no rubber man. And, he, and then I love how Jerry's like, wait a minute. There's elastic man. There's plastic man. Why did I think there was a rubber man? And yeah. he, he he took it like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? Because he's supposed to be the, the knowledge character character but yeah. it's it's also funny you know we'd look at this show now in a post big bang theory world and where you know pop culture references no problem like comic book references no problem but as a kid man aside from like cartoons and stuff for kids there wasn't mm-hmm. much where like like older people you know in their 20s or 30s would reference the stuff that i cared about so this was one of the things that early on you know endeared jerry to me and made me love the mm-hmm. show because it's like oh my god like he he felt like me just sort of grown like just older not grown up trust me but older <laughs> you know yeah that's a very good point. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we start to eventually see Superman and tons of, you know, there's a good bit of those references, but there's just references across the board of shit that, you know, we did like and that, you know, it made it feel okay to be a nerd if we were hanging out with Jerry and his friends. And, you know, that that feels nice. Yeah, it's, it's special and it's, it, I mean... 
I, f- I fully feel like that, you know, the culture that we live in today is because of, you know, Seinfeld, shows like Seinfeld pushing that open because, you know, before that it's like dudes are dudes and, you know, and, and dudes can't like comic books. That's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But here we are, like, I mean, if the term man-child was as popular or even existed back then, <laughs> J- I mean, Jerry and George are, and Kramer, they're all man-childs, uh, man-children. Even Elaine is a woman-child, uh, although yeah. she's, she's a bit more successful, but she's also a little bit crazier um but yeah it's 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 cool because this all came this is this came first guys and if you're a bunch if you're if you're young and you're just sort of catching on to this now it's cool to kind of go back and see this like you know i don't think we would have a big bang theory if it wasn't for a line like this jerry you know waxing nostalgic about rubber man versus (laughs) plastic man you know (laughs) true so uh, Jerry and Elaine go to Rava's apartment. Uh, we see that uh, you know Jerry notices there's a statue in their apartment that looks exactly like the one he had, uh, and so obviously he's freaking out. He's like, "Oh my god! You know this person must have stolen it." Uh, you know he ends up trying to call Kramer to try and to have him go to his apartment to see if the apart if the statue is in there. Um, it's just kind of you know some some funny stuff going on there. We also get a very funny uh, thing that I liked was. You know, up until this point, we've seen Ray being like this super positive guy. But at one point, you know, he lets his guard down and, you know, we see that, you know, he might be uh, he might be pretty, I don't know, used up living with Rava (laughs) if I had to put it in a current way. I I think his nerves might be a little bit shot uh, living with Riza. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, (laughs) uh, I I did enjoy uh, Jerry and Elaine talking about the statue and then uh, Ray coming like in multiple times. It it had a a feeling of the message, uh, the phone message one um, where like, you know, George came running out yelling tippy toe, tippy toe. It had a little Mm -hmm. bit of vibe like that, but it was still its own thing. And the way Jerry and Elaine kind of handled it, it was a very, it was a funny scene. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed how the whole scene went down and, Ray is another interesting side character that we never see mm-hmm. again, and I really like him. But I'll, we'll talk more at the end about him. But it's, okay. he's definitely cool. He's er, not cool, yeah. but he's funny. I enjoyed he, him. He's interesting. Yeah, he exactly. He he adds a, a, a interesting and funny dynamic to the show. Um, so you know they're trying to get this statue, but Rava comes out, and uh, you know she's just being dark as shit, and you know having some funny lines. Uh, and so Jerry and Elaine end up heading out, but you know as they do. Um, you know, Ray's trying to like, you know, still be in positive. He's like, oh yeah, well, what about dinner sometime? <laughs> I love Jerry's line here of, I don't need dinner. Dinner's for suckers. <laughs> yeah, so, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really it comes out of nowhere. It's just kind of, I think maybe he's a little bit frustrated and trying to figure out how the hell to just get out the, get out of the door. Uh, and he comes and he says that, but I, I always like that line. Well, cause he's implying that, you know, I'm a, like, you made me feel like a sucker, you know, like, and I'm not going to be a sucker again because you stole my shit. Uh, you know, that's, that's what my takeaway, but anytime, okay. anytime Jerry gets excited about anything good or bad, even, <laughs> even seen before when they're leaving the apartment and he goes, he even windexed the peephole cover, you know, yeah. <laughs> like his yeah. voice gets high. I just, I love when Jerry gets excited about oh, anything. Yeah. So uh, back at Jerry's apartment, uh, Jerry and the gang are kind of discussing what the hell is going on or what they should be doing. Uh, Kramer, he's, <laughs> he's, he's enacting, uh, or, you know, he, he's trying to incite violence and, and to, to, he wants to go get him. He wants to go get Ray, which I find funny because Kramer, you know, none of them are particularly violent people. Well, I guess Kramer has his spouts of violence, but 
particularly when he's attacking children um, <laughs> later. And so I do kind of find it funny that, you know, that that's one way he's uh, he's he's trying to push to get it back. Um, and J- Jerry ends up calling Ray uh, to confront him. And, um, you know, we get a kind of funny little bickering scene of the rest of the three trying to grab the phone to listen to the conversation. Uh, and basically Ray is like, oh, no, no, we can't talk about this right now. Let's go talk about it at Monk's. So yeah. it's like, okay, all right. I loved the gang fighting over the one receiver when Jerry, so Jerry's on the other receiver, he calls, and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, points to the other phone, and he expects them to be cool and just pick it up. But they go at it like a pack of hyenas <laughs> and start <laughs> yeah. fighting over the phone, and Jerry's you know, talking in the background. <laughs> and I just like, Kramer's like making faces at George. I don't know if that was like a part of the direction or if that was like Michael Richards, but he made some face at George and George got pissed off and then Jerry's like, shut up. <laughs> I just, I <laughs> loved it. I, I love any time that the, the gang acts like kids and it doesn't matter if somebody outside the gang or inside the gang um, chastises, chastises them, but I, I thoroughly enjoy that all the time. And that little interaction, that little scene, it was handled so well. It was so beautifully choreographed by all four actors in it it was just absolutely amazing and uh side note i don't like calling them the gang because i watch sunny and that just doesn't feel right so uh, i will never call them the gang again Uh, well yeah you don't have to i will because i mean it's i don't want to have to say george and jerry and elaine and kramer i just want to say the gang or george and the gang or whatever all right so we are at Monk's, and Jerry's waiting for Ray. George is sitting, you know, directly, uh, you know, on the backside of Jerry, so he can kind of like listen in on the conversation because he's, you know, um, he's invested in this statue because he wants to try and impress his parents by, you know, giving the statue back. He even already called them and told them about it, which is stupid on his part. You know, he should have made it a surprise, but George, being uh, just kind of the idiotic person that he is are apparently already told us his mother uh, who we haven't met yet at this point yeah uh, about that so ray comes in and basically he ends up denying everything you know he he doesn't he's just playing it off like you know he uh didn't you know he didn't actually do it i actually i really do like the back and forth that he's got with uh jerry that jerry just kind of like keep pushing he's like no come on man really is like yo I, I i've got it from this uh you know, antique place in Chinatown. And Jerry's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's figure it out. He's like, well, the guy moved back to Singapore or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> he's just, he's trying to lay a guilt trip on Jerry and Jerry's just like, ugh. And God. the whole time George is in the other booth, he's like adding this commentary track. So it becomes like this three-way conversation that only two people are having. And it is absolutely amazing and mm-hmm. at first i was like this episode was kind of like whatever this was the scene where i kind of like was like no no i love this episode especially when cherry uh n- nudges george like hits him yeah. you know <clears throat> but <laughs> yeah that was the first part the second part did you notice that jerry kind of he breaks like his little you know spy thing like he he, he kind of like breaks his cover uh jerry does when george calls him a wuss he's like you call me a wuss yes and i that's that's a callback and and i love now they're starting to add in that between George and Jerry, this calling each other a wuss is, mm. is like a, a complete trigger. Like it sets sets them off like right away. Seems to be a little bit more more Jerry, you know? Um, but I like that. I like that little callback. But yeah. as, a, as a scene as a whole, 
that whole thing was great, especially George and, and Ray's interaction uh, at the yes, end. Yes, we're just just about to get to that. Uh, one thing I don't want to miss before that is you know Ray trying to divert the situation. Uh, he is uh, now going on the offensive, and he decides like, oh wait, I know what this is about. You want Rava, and Jerry just fires back with a fantastic line of. No, she's a little too cheery for me. <laughs> it's just, it's like, yep, that's a, it was a very Jerry line uh, for him to say. Very sarcastic. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so George has had enough, and so he he like stands up and is ready to confront Ray, and Ray ends up getting up and like basically is like. I'm going to fucking beat your ass. He's, you know, he's, he's, like, he's like a foot taller than George. Exactly. Which and George is, whimpers away, man. Well, he, it's the, the line that he says is, is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. He gets up and he's like, you're making me angry. And then George says, well, that was bound to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he does it in like, just, just this very like, oh, I'm defeated. Kind yeah. Of way. He, yeah, like, he yeah. said it in more of a defeated way. Like, oh, that was bound yeah. to happen. Like, because he lost all of his aggression right when the guy stood up. as like a foot taller than George. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime anyone intimidates him with violence, George immediately crumbles. Like every. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Jerry at the uh, end of the scene has a nice just a little comedic line you know still in awe at how good ray is at his job he goes how did you get the goop out of the top of the nozzle like he still you know he still respects ray for what he does yeah he doesn't i mean at the end of the day it's not his statue anyways but yeah, yeah. I love it. And, he, and he says it with such childlike wonderment you know yes yeah uh, so elaine and rava are together they're about to go kind of present um you know a current uh a current version of the book and they go in this elevator, uh, you know, and they're just be like, okay, now we're just going to stay out of this shit. Uh, but then of course, like, you know, we get those cuts of like every, um, you know, level or every, you know, different floor that they stop at. They end up fighting more and more and more about the statue. And then they have a nice little discussion about coincidences. And you're like, you know, Rava says, okay, these, this was just a coincidence. And, Elaine is like, no, no, well, this is a pretty damn big coincidence. And I always liked her. I was like, there's, there's no big coincidences or small coincidences. They're just coincidences. Yeah. And, and, of course, she's trying to get – Rava's trying to get the crowd on her side. But she's a dickhole smoking a cigarette in an elevator with a no-smoking sign right behind yeah. her. So the whole crowd of people are like – you know, one guy's like, put the cigarette out. Like, everyone's getting mad at her. But she's like trying to like, hey, don't you agree with me? Mm-hmm. I hated Rava. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and so she played it right. She was meant to be hated. Yeah, no, uh, completely. And honestly, I didn't love this scene, but it worked because of what they did structurally with it, how they did the little time lapses and everything. Um, And you don't sort of see... Uh, comedy like that in Seinfeld, which, you know, like, I guess uh, editing comedy, like, like mm-hmm. something where it takes place over the course of like uh, multiple moments, you know, but there's cuts so, like everything sort of happens right in front of you, you know, in, in Seinfeld. Yeah. And this was it was a little different. It made it made the little scene interesting, but uh, I didn't love it. You know, I agree. I agree. This seems OK. I I uh, I got caught up on honestly being on Elaine's side. I was like, Fuck you, Rava. There are big coincidences and small coincidences, in my opinion. Uh, it's not just coincidence because you can have a random little thing that just, oh, that, hey, uh, you know, oh, you're wearing the same socks that I am wearing. How? Oh, that's kind of crazy. Um, oh, now you're wearing 
the same shirts and socks and everything from my wardrobe that is now missing from my apartment. Okay, that's a pretty big coincidence. I think there is level of coincidence. So I think Rava is uh, just annoying and I don't like her and she's wrong about coincidences. And and I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Um, one thing I haven't really talked about the line they, they have a reoccurring line that's happened a couple different times on this uh, episode about um, shouldn't you be out on a ledge somewhere uh, they kind of like use it in different spots like I guess basically making fun of people like you know you know shouldn't you just are you how are you not about to go kill yourself right now I, I guess that's no no, no uh, I then he, what's it about it's um it's like I took it as like more of an operatic like be out on the ledge uh singing and like being being big well, and he, oper- says it, he, he says a, it about Ray at some point and then they say yeah, it about Rava at right some right point. because because Ray he's he's an actor right so that's that's his, he's going to acting school he's all like big and like you know pronoun- everything is so dramatic and I took it as be on the ledge like like Romeo and Juliet like you're on the balcony mm. like like doing your acting and then at the end her saying it's a Rava because Rava was being extra as well like being yeah eh, I don't know I guess you're you're probably right but I I I didn't take it that way I took it as a I know. Oh, aren't you? You're being so, you're being so big with Ray. You know, maybe you're being fake, and you just you should just go kill yourself. And Rava, being so dark as she is, uh, she should just go kill herself. I don't know. That's how I took because I think of being on a ledge, meaning you're about to jump. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. Now, that that to me, this ties into why I don't think it was a very good line because it was just it wasn't very clear on what the joke was. And so I, I did. I didn't care for it. And and I I agree that there's some confusion there. Hey uh, guys, listeners, uh, let us know what you think uh, that means. Uh, leave a comment on on our Facebook uh, page or whatever. Just let us know what you think <laughs> that they were talking about there with yeah. uh, the ledge comment. <laughs> All right, maybe there's a third type of ledge that we're just not even thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a poll. Yeah. Uh, all right, so George is on the phone with his mother, um, and you know he he tells her about the statue being stolen, uh, and you know, in general they're all upset right now, um, you know, because they can't get the statue back. And we cut to Ray's apartment, and Kramer, uh, he is pretending to be a cop. And now I, what I love here is they're calling back to, he's got this hat on and earlier it's a, it's a hat that he pulls out from that same box of like grandpa gear earlier. And he says, Oh man, this is a real Joe Friday hat. So he basically is wearing that and doing a callback. Like, okay, he's pretending to be Joe Friday. He's pretending to be a cop right here. And I, I really like how they kind of tie that in all together. And so he has a fan Fantastic scene. This is this is, in my opinion, easily the best scene of the episode, uh, where he does this whole whole thing. This might be the this might be the fucking like scene of the season, dude. This scene is fantastic. But but he bursts in and just totally. I mean, first off, this is illegal as fuck. So Kramer (laughs) Kramer is pretending to be a police officer to enter in this man's apartment. He pushes him against the wall, completely manhandles him. And oh god, the best line. And this is this is my favorite line from the fucking episode where he's like he's like make love to that wall, pervert. Yeah, okay. That's a good one, yeah. I mean, his his inflection on everything, you know, when uh, when Ray asks him, are you a cop? He's like, yeah, I'm a cop. I'm a damn good cop. He, damn just, good cop. he fucking goes nuts. And uh, he, Kramer, sells this scene so fucking well. This scene is absolutely fucking fan-fucking-tastic. 
And it it ends absolutely perfectly because he's got Ray against the wall. He grabs the statue, kind of puts it in his bag. He walks out, and Ray's like, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Kramer immediately snaps out of the of the cop bit and says, "All right, yeah, let's keep it that way." And he just he bolts. <laughs> it's perfect, fucking perfect. It's fantastic. It is. So uh, we are back at the apartment. Kramer is the hero. He brings the statue back. Yay, George is holding it. He's so fucking excited. And Kramer smacks George, you know, just like a buddy, you know, slap on the back kind of thing. And George, being the utter idiot, clumsy, klutz dude that he is, ends up dropping the statue and he breaks it apart into pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's such a memorable moment from this episode. It is. I, I always remember that. And it, you know, does the sitcom freeze frame. Uh, that, yeah. the, way this, this, the way this episode ends, it doesn't happen too often in Seinfeld where it's almost like a little bow on the end with this little like stinger episode, uh, not episode, uh, this little stinger scene at the end. It's a real short scene. Um, you don't see that a lot in Seinfeld. You don't see like mm-hmm. little wrap ups like this too often. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I do kind of like this one because it really just kind of helps reemphasize George can't win. He'll never win. <laughs> yeah. Even even when he's like, you know, kind of winning, he's really just losing. Uh, and so. And yeah. honestly, so like, I, I, like this is still only the second season, only halfway through the second season. And these characters now I feel are pretty much exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, they're all fitting into place really, really well. Um, so, all right, and uh, the episode ends with a comedy bit. Yep, uh, one that I did not care for at all. He just uh, talks about how people do silly things to to keep from being robbed, like stuff their wallet in their shoe when they're on the beach and they go in the water. And it's like, oh, no one's going to find the wallet in my shoe, la-di-da, and that's it. And I was like, okay, I, it kind of ties into other things, but it's not a strong uh, stand-up bit at all. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I do that every now. I'm not gonna lie; I used to do that, and I probably still do. You know, you, you stick you stick it in your shoe so people can't see it very easily. Yeah, yeah, no, we all do that. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just not funny. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll go into our general, uh, you know, uh, wrap up of the episode. Um, I will start, and I want to say I always liked this episode, and kind of the way you put it out earlier, I think is true. The first half of this episode isn't as good as the second half, but I have just overall always appreciated this one. Um, Of course, love the scene of Kramer acting like a detective. That's a top tier scene of this season. Like that's right up there with Manya and the pony uh, and maybe some more that we'll get later. I find honestly the relationship between Rava and Ray very humorous of just, you know, them and their character. I kind of want to, I want to find out more about him. I particularly Ray, you know, I think he is kind of an interesting dude. Like, wait a minute. We got little hints that he may not be Mr. Cheerful all the time. I kind of want to see more of that. You know, I want to find, I wish we got back to him later and found out that, you know, he, I don't know, went crazy and killed her or something. You know, I think that would be pretty, pretty, pretty hilarious. That went dark real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that would fit. Uh, and I love the way that Jerry just fawns over Ray's cleaning job every time. I think that's just fantastic. Um, I, I only kind of wish that, you know, we would have gotten Estelle Costanza. Uh, we would have seen her and like her on the phone with George. You know, of course, they don't appear for another season or two or something. Um, but I would have loved you know, knowing, you know, how much I love the Costanzas. Like they are two of my favorite side characters, especially Frank is probably my favorite. But Estelle has so many great fucking lines that I kind of wish they could have brought her in earlier 
in this show and like had her to be like a part of this episode. Uh, but I, you know, I know they haven't gotten there yet, but um, that's just the overall Seinfeld fan in me that wants that. So, yeah, but anyway, in general, I, I did end up actually quite liking this episode and I think it's, you know, maybe not the best, but I think it's on, it's on the top half of episodes so far for me this, of this uh, season. So what you're saying is you want them to go pull like a George Lucas and go back and like insert her <laughs> yes. in there. <laughs> CGI yes, if they can yeah, digitally add her into it, I would be all for it. <laughs> That's great. I, dude, me too, man. More uh, Frank and Estelle. I am all good with that. I'm with you. They're some yes. of my favorite characters in just TV history. Um, yep. <clears throat> yeah, this episode... Uh, it was it was interesting. I I, I remember this one. Unlike uh, the one prior, the apartment one that we did, uh, this one I remember. I remember most of it. And I, at first, I was like, okay, yeah, it wasn't like the strongest, but it was like a total snowball effect. Um, I, I thought the, Ray was fantastic. Uh, like um, Otho from the landlord yeah. from the episode prior. I think Ray was a strong enough character to, to have his own standalone sitcom. And you can't give a higher <laughs> praise than that, that the actor was good. I wanted to look up the actor, but again, see last episode, my IMDB or is, is being <laughs> weird. Did you look him up? Was he anybody? Did you notice? So I did look him up. His name is Michael D Conway and he's, done uh plenty of stuff nothing really big he was in fast food nation uh which is something i kind of remember besides that he just had little bit parts here and there actually not not on a whole but honestly only 16 credits on imdb so it's not all that much well shit he he could have done a lot more that he he was good i agree i really liked his character Ooh, I, and, and actually sorry sorry to interrupt uh his the character of ray was his very first acting credit it says at least on IMDb. I imagine maybe he was doing stand-up or something before that, but he's good. I wouldn't be he, shocked if – I bet he was doing theater, if I had to guess. He yeah, seemed yeah. like a theater guy. <laughs> he he was fantastic. Whatever yeah. the case, he, he was awesome. Um, it was a great episode. By the end of the episode, I, I thoroughly loved it. And then just talking to you about it always enhances my, my viewing experience. So uh, my takeaway now from when I first started it is I – thought it was a great episode i thought it was a very enjoyable mm-hmm. episode it's not flawless it's not a, a perfect episode i believe that the apartment is a, is a better episode overall but this one's a good one it's it should not be one uh to be overlooked uh you, you should definitely give this one a shot if you haven't seen this one in a while i absolutely agree so I posted uh, a picture from this episode on the uh, Genius Seinfeld Quotes Facebook uh, fan page group. Uh, They've been showing us a lot of love, and they got a kick out of this one and asked uh, what was their favorite quote from this episode. And uh, I'm just going to read a couple of them here. Uh, Terry, he says, yeah, I'm a cop. I'm a damn good cop. (laughs) That was was great. And uh, (laughs) my mom lives in Florida. Do you remember that one? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't bring that one up, but that was a good line. Yeah, no. And then uh, and then Matt says, uh, shouldn't you be on a ledge somewhere? So, yeah, someone else uh, brought that one up. The, the line that neither of us particularly loved, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and I should mention that uh, Justin was the person that mentioned that said, mm-hmm. uh, my mom lives in Florida. And uh, <laughs> oh, and then uh, Michael said, well, let's put it this way. I didn't take him to people's court. And I did like that line. So, Michael, thank you for mentioning that yeah. one because we didn't even mention the episode 
that was that was a good line. So you guys should definitely go check out uh, Genius Seinfeld Quotes on Facebook. It's a very active and fun group. And we're on there, too, having a good time. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's definitely enjoyable. So aside from Genius Seinfeld Quotes, Corey, where can we find you out in the World Wide Web? Yes, sir. Just like Johnny Mnemonic, I am on... <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Corey Nation. And for podcasts, uh, you can find me weekly on a video game podcast called NSFW Gamer with my buddy Noah. And uh, pretty soon I'll be launching a a horror-themed cult-style uh, movie podcast, and that will be on this network, on the Blast From Our Past podcast network. So be checking back uh, soon for that one, and we'll, we'll we'll mention it. We'll let you guys know when it drops. But uh, I'm out there. And uh, Adam, buddy, where can we find you? You can find me, per usual, weekly on the Blast From Our Past podcast that I do with my brother, and Corey joins us as a special guest every now and then. Not even just a special guest, you're one of us. One of us. One, <laughs> one of, of us. Google gobble, Google <laughs> gobble. So, uh, yeah, we are on there doing all things nostalgia. You know how to find podcasts. Why haven't you listened to that podcast? Why didn't you listen to NSFW Gamer? You know, listen to all of our podcasts because we make good shit. I guarantee it. I guarantee. Uh, oh, I guarantee. Oh, is that Justin Williams? I guarantee that. Uh, oh, that that guy from the, the PBS cooking show. Man, my dad loved. Was it Justin Wilson? That's it. Justin Wilson, I think, is his name. I don't even know his name. I just know I guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. we we appreciate all all the five star reviews you guys have been giving us on iTunes. Um, seriously, the love has been fantastic. We have been just straight up like blowing up the charts on on iTunes and Spotify, and that is a hundred percent thanks to you guys sharing the love, giving us these reviews, uh, passing it around, letting other people know about the the podcast and everything. And we really really appreciate that. So if uh, if you haven't left us one yet, it would be awesome if you did, and and we would. Love you forever for doing it.